Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Genuine Chit Chat. This week, I'm joined by a good friend of mine, Dan. Now, this chat with Dan is technically in two parts, but I think I'm going to release this part as his own episode, and then the second part as his own episode, as they are actually quite varied. Um, this one is basically purely about movies um so it's just over an hour we talk about the marvel cinematic universe which uh, dan isn't that into so we talk about that a little bit we talk about quentin tarantino movies we talk about requiem for a dream war for wall street the fast and furious franchise the saw franchise uh, films over explaining themselves pirates of the caribbean blade runner star wars and loads more so for any movie lovers check this one out if you're not really into movies this probably isn't going to be the podcast for you uh next week's one me and dan basically talk about music loads and we talk about his work as a cameraman uh, at best of all a little bit as well so if you're into music stay tuned for that one next week um if you've tuned in this isn't what you really fancy uh last week um my friend josh was on and we did another episode of science but simple uh, where we spoke about scientific misconceptions and we spoke about black holes a little bit um and then the week before that was part two of my chat with my friend frank burton who's of no relation to me and we speak about the writing process because he recently released a book so quite a few things going on in my podcast uh, the last three weeks or so quite a bit of varieties but um yeah this one will be just about movies before the chat gets started there'll be a quick promo by the fallacious trump podcast um and then it'll be straight into the show so after the show it will then be um my usual ramblings at the end which is normally sort of what's coming up um some additional information sometimes and sometimes just a ramble from me about other things and um, i think at the end of this podcast i'll probably talk a little bit about avengers endgame because i recently well i went and saw that on thursday the night it was out um i won't put any spoilers in i won't say anything that ruins it so if you listen to the end and you want to hear my thoughts on endgame but you haven't seen it yet you don't need to worry because i'm not going to ruin anything um but yeah that's gonna be it for now so um Thanks as always for listening, guys, and I'll talk to all of you at the end. Welcome to Fallacious Trump, the podcast where we use the insane ramblings of individual one to explain logical fallacies. It's a slippery slope fallacy. Where does it stop? The conspiracy theory fallacy. We better be careful because that election's going to be rigged. Well, no evidence whatsoever. No, no. Did he say that? A logical fallacy is an error in reasoning that results in bad or invalid arguments. A way of distracting when you're being accused of something. Too quackway. And some presidents didn't do anything. Trump is right, to be fair, mm. that some presidents didn't call because they were presidents before the, before the phone, phone yeah. I'm your host, Jim. And I'm your other host, Mark. Mark's British politics. Order. Argumentum ad nauseum. Well, the reason I've been saying Brexit means Brexit is precisely because it does. The argument from popularity. So SpongeBob kicks Bill O'Reilly's butt, yeah. Every night, yeah. On the ratings. <laughs> right. So, yeah, it's brilliant. It's true. The power of logical fallacy thinking. Oh, well, that would be awesome. If, every, if everyone debating did that. Yeah. Uh, then yeah. debates would be a lot more honest. It was all made up, it was fabricated, and it's a disgrace. Which is clearly nonsense. <laughs> you can connect with us at fallaciousTrump.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Genuine Chit Chat, where we have honest conversations with interesting people. And I'm your host, Mike Burton. I'm not very controversial, so it shouldn't be a problem. I don't know, it depends on something on movie. Something on movie taste is controversial. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're not liking Suicide Squad? Um, <laughs> you're, definitely in the, you're definitely in the minority there. Clearly. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Did you sure. see uh, Batman vs Superman? Uh, I did not, and for good reason, because everyone who's talked about it has <laughs> said how bad it is. Yeah, so. it's fucking terrible. Right? Yeah. Like, literally, hours of my life I will never get back. Like, but it's so strange. Like, you've got fans of that, um, what are they called? The fans of that 
like universe. Oh, DC. And and then they'll just be like, oh, they'll they'll find any, like any little thing. It's like no, no, it's okay. Like people can do bad things like sometimes, and it's but you know overall it's all fine but like if it's bad just just say it's bad <laughs> there's no point trying to find like the little crumb of like oh well they're like an hour in <laughs> the sound was really good like, oh. <laughs> well the, what I say about Batman vs Superman like you you do not need to watch it but I want to clarify I'm even to understand the DCU good. it's pointless um, but it's like Man of Steel you know that was right the first hour was pretty yeah, good yeah I liked it I, I thought it was good until he started fighting people. I thought like the darkness of him struggling to find himself was really good. And then yeah. he starts fighting and it's like, oh, there's these two indestructible beings punching each other into buildings. Like this is boring <laughs> yeah. as fuck. They can't kill each other at <laughs> all <laughs> until one of them suddenly can kill the other one. Uh, okay, so they're not indestructible then. No, they can snap each other's necks. It's like, what, why wasn't that the first thing they were going for? Like, why would you even bother? Like, it's like me and you wearing like, inflatable gloves, like inflatable boxing gloves, and saying we want to kill each other, but I've got a knife in my pocket. And we just whack at each other for like an hour, and I'm like, kind of done with this, mate. Pull out a knife and stab you. It's like, surely, why were they not just trying to snap each other's necks the whole time? <laughs> because there, are, there will be people who won't see that coming, and then they'll be like, oh my God. <laughs> How did, oh my God, Superman didn't die you in did the it first again. new Superman <laughs> well, film? Well done. Have you seen any of the old Superman films? Uh, no. The Good. only the only Don't. real thing I know about is um, was it the the mate you played him fell off a horse, didn't he? And oh, he got like all yeah, fucked up. I only know that because of South Park. Yeah, that's the, yeah. Again, that's the only bit of like. And then is isn't isn't supposed to be like quite camp as well? Like a, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I haven't seen them all or any of them really. I've seen bits and pieces, but it's just they're all rated like fairly bad and mm. the problem is it's just whoever invented that as a superhero is the worst person on the planet because it's just like hey let's make a superhero right whose only weakness is one thing it's like don't you foresee that in the future when you're coming up with new stories for this character that the only things he's weak to is kryptonite basically his love interest lois lane everyone bloody knows everyone people haven't even met him his terrible terrible bloody uh superhero like uh what's it disguise I'm Clark Kent. I'm the exact same as Superman, but with glasses. So no one would know it's me. <laughs> wow, has anyone ever told you you look like Superman? He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. He's got, got my glasses on. <laughs> uh, Superman doesn't wear glasses, actually. So um, clearly He's I'm not stupid. him. <laughs> it is ridiculous. <laughs> but, like, do, you, do you like any of the superhero movies? Because I know you're not really oh, into the MCU, are you? No. It, it was just... Because I, I watched like a few of them. Mm. And then, I don't know, I must have just like blinked and then everyone just had suddenly watched all of them and I was like oh I'm a bit behind I remember being in college and it was just all everyone talked about and I think it was kind of just out of spite I was like well I'm not going to bloody watch them but everyone's just like oh my god it's amazing I was like is it and they're just like wah, wah, wah. and I was like I just didn't watch a bunch of them and then I think yeah after college the ones that have come out since about 2016 I've, I've watched Amazing Spider-Man I watched Black Panther, I, I enjoyed them. So the but and then I watched, oh, was it what's it called? Um, Infinity War. Yeah. And from watching about, I don't know, there's loads in there, but I there's, probably I think it's about twenty in total. I probably watched about and that like six or seven, just sort of like dotted ones dotted around. And in, I, I enjoyed Infinity War, and you know it was really easy to follow from someone who has barely watched the films, except for I had no idea who um the the good guy, red guy with the thing in his head. What's his name? Uh, Vision. Yeah, I had no idea who he was. Oh yeah, that's the that's probably like exactly how I said it. I was like, <laughs> I was like, who's the who's that guy? And he's like, it's Vision. I'm like, 
duh, how do you know who Vision is? Yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's just Iron Man had this computer software called Jarvis, and then it got mixed with an Infinity Stone and a bit of Thor, and it became Vision, essentially. What? Yeah, I know. What? It's, yeah, that is as stupid as it sounds. It's in, it's in Avengers Age of Ultron, which is the, the MCU movie that everyone's a bit like, that and Iron Man 2 are the ones that everyone's like, Ant Man, yeah, Ant Man's Ant Man's so rubbish. Oh God! Why would you say that? You're gonna embarrass yourself in front of me and everyone who's listening. You know, it's so upsetting. So, I was like, well, I, I mean, obviously, I didn't give it a fair watch. It, it, it just came on, and then it was just this random bit where he's like, oh, and he, I think I'm sure, I'm sure he like taught us a man, and it's all like. <laughs> tiny like flying i was just like what the hell is this well the whole thing if, if, if you watch like, the whole film from oh the side my... he is mocking it the whole time like paul rudd or his character he's literally like, like when he gets told what the name of the suit is and what he's called he's like um oh so michael douglas who's pym in it he goes you are ant-man and he looks at him and he goes can we change the name because uh. <laughs> like, it's just the worst name ever and he's like so and he's like what you control ants with your mind and and, he, and hank pym's like yeah and it's like what why it's like, what point, like, have all the things you could do? And it's just like, like, he, he is kind of mocking it the whole time. But then it's kind of like, we need to do this one thing to uh-huh. stop this thing happening. So can you do it? And he's like, well, I, I guess. It's, it's a bit more to it than that. But Yeah, it sound like, that sounds like the same thing in... Every single Marvel film. <laughs> no, well, that's, that's specifically, I've, I watched um, Reservoir Dogs recently. And that reminds oh, me. And it's like, love it. all right, and you're Mr. Pink. He's like, why am I Mr. Pink? It's that whole, like, bit... <laughs> I love Steve Buscemi in that film. Yeah. It absolutely cracks me up. I remember watching it like, well, I got like halfway through it and I was just like, eh. And then I had to rewatch it later. There's a bunch of movies, like when I first got Sky, when I was about 13 and, you know, watching all these movies. And there's a lot where I was like, well, I didn't like them. But then I've rewatched them recently and I really liked, like Django, Reservoir oh, Dogs. I was going to say, I was going to ask you about Tarantino. I mean, Django, Django's a weird one because... I know a few people who don't like it, but it's quite rare to meet people who are like, well, it's rare to meet people who are in the middle. They either really don't like it or they fucking love it. And I'll tell you that's correct is to fucking love it because that film is amazing. Yeah, it's really good. Like, I I think I've heard people say they don't like it and it's like, oh, DiCaprio's performance is over the top and it's all, and it's a little bit boring. I'm like, how? It's like (laughs) really good. It's a really good movie. Like, and the whole, like, you know, if they're not used to like that sort of showmanship that a Tarantino movie can have, where it kind of, you know, people are like, oh, that's not realistic. It's like, well, you've seen enough of them by now. Like, you know, that's just that's just how it's going to work. And yeah, yeah. It's, it's definitely one of his better movies. I've seen, I've seen most of them. I think apart from Jackie Brown and Grindhouse, I think that's Tarantino, isn't it? Well, Grindhouse is a double feature of Death Proof and Planet Terror. Planet Terror is made by Robert Rodriguez, who made the Once Upon a Time in Mexico yeah, trilogy, yeah. Spy Kids, Machete, that sort of thing, and Sin City. Uh, and he did um, oh, the the vampire one, right? Dust Till Dawn, wasn't that him? Yes, yeah. it was. And Tarantino's in that, yeah, because well. Tarantino I think wanted to make the movie, but he didn't have enough money at the time, so Rodriguez made it with Tarantino just in it. Yeah, <laughs> that's a that's a great movie. Yeah, it's it, that, it's that's off a, the wall and stupid, but it's amazing. Like just out of nowhere. Yeah, and George, like George Clooney's like he's a great in it. That's the first film I saw where he was really good. I was like, wait, George Clooney can actually act. Yeah, and the tattoos, like I was like, well, that's pretty cool. And then because mm. it's such a simple premise, mm. I really yeah, really like it. And it, it's you know, it seems like it was adapted from a short film. Yeah, it probably could have been. Well, now they've made it into like a Netflix series, but I haven't watched it because I'm just like the film was great. That's all you mm. kind of need. I mean, I imagine the Netflix is probably really good, but it's like. You didn't need much more to that, and and the beauty of no, it yeah, is exactly. how ridiculous you don't it is. Need much more. 
No, but there are three of them. <laughs> what? Yeah, there are three Dusty Dawn movies. Oh, um, my God. Robert Patrick is in the second and third one, I think. I think Danny Trejo just pops up in each of them as well. Oh, I love probably. Danny Trejo. Yeah. He's so ridiculous. But, yeah, with Quentin Tarantino, I mean, Jackie Brown is a... It's a good movie, like surprisingly good. I've watched it a couple of times. Um, and it's got it's got the best starting soundtrack ever because it's got 110th Street by Bobby Womack. And that's the start. And I just love that song. And I got into that song because of that film. So oh. it's also got... Samuel Jackson's got two or three lines in it that I just like... I'm watching it and it's not really a funny film, but just moments of just hilarity just from what he says. So yeah. it, it is a really good movie. Um but like, I think there's Reservoir Dogs that's obviously absolutely amazing. Then there's Jackie Brown, which is... Pulp you know, Fiction as well. Well, Pulp Fiction obviously is, is top people can't hold it as the, the top one. I don't know which, because, well, which ones, if I just list them, so you've seen Reservoir Dogs. Yep. And what was your thoughts on that? Um, I don't know. I, I, it wasn't, I can sort of, I can appreciate it for sure, yeah. but I, it's not my go-to. Someone, yeah, like if you were like, oh yeah, like we'd watch a Tarantino movie, which one should we watch first? Like first being the best, yeah. I would not pick no, no, it's I, I just know that. yeah. It there's, I don't know. Like there, are, there are some like really iconic moments in it, mm. like the starting meeting bit, and then. But I just one bit like the whole bit really threw me off was um when he like cuts his ear off. Yeah, spoiler alert. But I mean, it's been out since God knows nineties. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, oh man, uh, I was just like, ugh. Yeah, but I mean. It's a good. It's a good movie. I just, mm. it's not one of my favorites. It's one of those ones where I'm I'm a weird one when it comes to movies because I just generally like most things. Um, <laughs> so when I when I say amazing, it probably really translates to very good because it's like it, there's kind of two minds of it. There's how much I enjoyed it and how much I appreciate it. You know, yeah. and appreciation of it. I mean, the soundtrack's amazing. The cinematography's amazing. What he managed to do on such a low budget in basically one room was genius. That's obviously why I became such a prolific director. Yeah, but it's like the film. If you said, as you kind of point out, like, oh, do you want to watch Reservoir Dogs? Like, not really. Yeah. <laughs> like, I love that film. It's yeah. great, but it's not really, it's not got enough of anything in it for me to really yeah. like, rewatch value. And then Jackie Brown's pretty cool, but it's, it's quite long, just like a lot of Tarantino films are, and yeah. there's not quite enough oomph to it. And then it's Pulp Fiction, and Pulp Fiction's oh. great, but like, when I used to watch it when I was a bit younger, uh, when I first got on DVD, and I'd, you know, rewatch films quite a lot more. I'd watch it and I would just skip almost all of the Bruce Willis stuff. What? Well, that's the funny... Apart from until he gets captured in the actual... Um, in the celery bit uh, when he starts getting like raped and things. Or oh. Marcellus gets raped. It was just him and that woman. He, her, she just annoyed me and would just bored the shit out of me. And I was just like, I just don't care about I you. I can't remember that. It's, some, it's a French woman and they're in a hotel and... Uh, oh, he's kind of no, yeah, no, mm-hmm. yeah, and yeah. she's boring, and it's just like I just don't care about any of this. And then because you've just got Samuel Jackson, who's just the most unnecessarily cool character ever. Yeah, and then a- you've got John Travolta, who's just a massive chode, but it works really well. And then you've just got Bruce Willis just being Butch, and his name is Butch, and he is Butch, and he just walks around basically kind of half yelling at things. And it's like I don't really care that much, to be honest with you. Yeah, and then um, I'm trying to think. There's de- Death Proof I haven't seen, but apparently it's quite crap. Um, True Romance. Have you seen that? Yeah, well, I, I, that. I watched it once because uh, they were showing it at um, Showcase, mm. and well, I missed like the first sort of twenty minutes, but <laughs> I, I doubt. But then, you know, watching the rest of the movie, I I kind of doubt that those twenty minutes would have really changed my opinion. Mm. True Romance is, yeah, it's again, it's it's like for me, it's like um, 
oh man, it's like Reservoir Dogs. Dogs. Yeah. So it's just, you know. And then obviously Django we've briefly touched upon. Um, and then uh, Kill Bill, have you seen both of them? Mm-hmm. I, I like them, but I feel like... Kill Bill 1's very good, I think. Yeah. Kill Bill 2... Yeah, <laughs> I, I've only, I think I've seen them both once in full. I've seen bits and pieces of yeah, Kill Bill. Same. It's just the thing is Tarantino is I love him. He's like one of my favorite directors. And when I hear a new film of his is coming out, I'm like yes. But you like you watch it, it's amazing. And then it's like because I've got them all, uh, I've got them there. It's like a Tarantino box set on Blu-ray. I haven't even rewatched. Like, I have never seen True Romance or Death Proof, and I haven't rewatched Jackie Brown since again on Blu-ray or anything like that because it's see. just like. They're so long. I'm watching up with yeah. Kilbers like oh, five yeah. hours of your life, and it's like, do I really want to watch five hours of Uma Thurman walking around, kind of fighting these kind of quirky characters, and then slicing loads of people's arms feet off? Feet shot. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And last of all, have you seen Hateful Eight? No, I've not. It's on my uh, watch list. I think you'll really enjoy that, but I will say it's three hours long, and oh. it takes a while to get going. Like I watched it in the cinema with Jasmine, and um, it has a an interlude in the in the cinema. There's like a 15 minute interlude oh, in the middle man. because Tarantino demanded it apparently. But it was like he demanded it. Like, you know what he does? He does the whole act, you know, act one, act two sort of thing. He does it quite a lot. I know Wes yeah. Anderson does it as well. But it's like the first hour or so of Hateful Eight is pretty slow, and you're like you're introducing the characters, and then it's got this 45 minute lull, and you're just like, is anything really going to happen? And then from the hour mark, the next two hours are two of the best hours of cinema I think I've seen in ages. Wow. It's so good. It is. Lofty praise. Yeah. It's basically, the whole premise of the film is there's a murder mystery, but it takes about an hour for the first person to die. That's how, so it's a three hour long murder mystery. That's exactly like um, Gosford Park, which is um, essentially, I think it's the precursor to Downton Abbey. Okay. And yeah, Gosford Park is like, um, critically like, revered and it's that movie i think i'm sure it's about like two hours 45 minutes and the person that gets murdered is an hour and a half in (laughs) oh my god because yeah it's like when you're trying to find films you you clutch at straws you i'm not really one to just like yeah and the next one on netflix i'm like sometimes i'm happy with that other times i have to go on amazon prime or i just like scrolling through like i know best picture nominations on wikipedia i'm like i need to find something and when i found that i was like okay this could be quite good and then i just remember watching it i was just like oh my God, <laughs> it was just really like it's one of the it's like it's like Moonlight. You're what you're there. I haven't the, seen Moonlight yet. Oh, okay, I, I keep putting it off because I keep hearing it's amazing, but it's one of those Oscar films which I'm like, is it going to be that good though? Uh, what's your opinion? It, um, well, it I don't know. To be pretentious, I guess it's like a fine wine. Like, I remember leaving the cinema, I was like, eh. but the more I think about it, I'm like, wow, it's quite good. Leah did not like like still doesn't like it. Uh, um, but again, yeah, it's kind of you're there watching it, and it's like a. It's like a bit. It's not not torture. People just they're like, oh man. But then afterwards, when you think about it, reflection, it's like oh, that's pretty good actually, because you can think about it in moments as opposed to like going through the slog. I suppose that's it's like I suppose it's like a marathon. You 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 do the marathon like this is awful, but then you're like, <laughs> oh, I did the marathon. <laughs> pretty good marathon. But um, have you seen the Revenant? Yeah, good film. So you like that? See, I don't. How? <laughs> because I found that it's if you take away the half an hour's worth of shots of the forest. It's an alright film. But it's three hours long and you've got, or just under, and you've got, you know, the f- the opening scene, I will say, the f- when I f- was f- watching that, the first 45 minutes wowed me and I was like, this is going to be one of my favourite films because the the whole scene at the start where it's like shit hits the fan and I think the the place gets attacked that they're in or whatever. Yeah. Like before, I think it's before the bear attacks. It's like they get attacked by something else and then it's, 
like it's, I think it's like a one shot sort of thing, and I, I fucking love one shots. And it's just mm. you know DiCaprio and loads of people, and everything's going crazy. And there's oh, it's so well done. And then the horse, and he falls off the yes, yeah. and then that's amazing. And then the bear attack is brutal as fuck, and it's horrendous to watch in a good way. Yeah, but then after that. It's about two hours of him basically grunting and crawling, which I know it's kind of the point. But then you've got Tom Hardy who completely outshines DiCaprio, even though DiCaprio won the Oscar, which is just politics. But, you know, Tom Hardy's character is really good and so is Will Poulter's. And I just found it was just like, when it was on Tom Hardy and Will Poulter, I didn't really care that much. And then when it was on uh, DiCaprio, I was like, I just want you to hurry the fuck up. And then the rest of the time it was just looking at tree shots. And I was like, I, I, I get he's like this... You know, he's a quite up-himself director because he's just got all these shots. But I, I swear to you, I feel like I want someone to find like a supercut of it and get all the footage because me and Callum saw that. I got it on Blu-ray, I got it on Steelbook and we mm. watched it because we heard how amazing it was. And it was just so slow. Like so many bits of it. I mean, I may have to rewatch it because I think... Yeah, I think so. Because like he's the director. Um, it's the same one who did... Uh, same one who did Birdman and he... I've seen Birdman. Um... Oh, well, I can't remember what other film. It might have been some sort of space one, but like his, I'm pretty sure the cinematographer Lebetsky, yeah. he, he got, I think he's won the Oscar DOP nomination. Like he's won it like three times in a row. Oh, wow. For all his like films. Well, the director is uh, Alejandro something or other, I can't pronounce his in name. Inaritu, right? Yeah. Y- yeah. Uh, it's Alejandro Inaritu. Yeah. Yeah. Mexican um, guy. Yeah. I th- yeah. I believe he's Mexican. He is Mexican. Yeah. It says here he's Mexican director. Because he made The Revenant, mm-hmm. uh, Beautiful, uh, Birdman, Babel. Uh, yeah. I really want to see that. I haven't um, seen any of these films. Babel. What was the other film he did recently? I'm sure he did another one. Like, what was it? Let's see. Uh, Los Ojos del Mar. Uh, also, the producers. Let's see. Oh, he did. Um, I think he did Amores y Peros, which is like trans. It roughly translates to like "Life's a Bitch." It's supposed to be quite good, but I don't know. It's something to do with dog fighting. He's <laughs> selling it quite short. There's Carne y Arena. Oh, Meat Arena. Nice. So yeah, there's lots of because Beautiful's got um thingy Bardem in it, and he's like yeah. Oh, Javier Bardem. Yeah, because yeah, he's obviously in No Country for Old Men. He is unbelievably amazing and that film is Colin. so good <laughs> <Call> it. <laughs> <laughs> and then um he's in have you seen mother no that's it, a weird it, film not it, that great i've yeah again that's quite polarizing um that was out uh when i was working at the cinema and yeah some people would come up and then they'd be like oh yeah that was really good and other people would yeah again would be like i want my money back <laughs> <laughs> I'm, oh, not, it's not my, not my problem <laughs> didn't like it it's made by Darren Aronofsky and he made Black Swan and I thought Black Swan was fantastic. I haven't seen it. It's really, really good. Really good. I have seen Requiem for a Dream. Though. And I was going to say Requiem for a Dream is fucking amazing. Yeah, it's it's brutal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say brutal. It's, oh, it's certainly something, I can't imagine it being someone's favourite film. Mm, it's actually Ronald Robbed. Oh, really? Rob, I think Rob's favourite film ever is Amelie, and then closely followed by like Nightmare uh, Before Christmas, uh, as well as like Book of Life and Yes Man and a few other things. But Record for Dreams is in his top ten. It, I mean, it's a it's a great film, but I just you know imagine like you're trying to introduce your partner to like your like favourite movies, and then you're like, oh, let me think. <laughs> oh, let's watch my favourite Record for a Dream. And yeah. at the end of it, you're like, what? The- <laughs> 
What? <laughs> Especially as it ends on like, well, the like very brutal. Like, oh, like two girls. Every, it's all brutal. It's just like, oh. Yeah, the last half hour Bloody is yeah. horrendous. I mean, yeah. I saw Jared Leto in that. I was like, Jared Leto can act? Like, what? And then you see him in lots of other things. He's actually a really good actor. Yeah. In a lot of ways. Yeah, I mean, just not American f- Psycho. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was see. I wasn't that wowed by American Psycho though. Oh, that's so. It's but I watched that ages ago. You need to watch it again then. That's the for problem. sure. Yeah, because it's. I oh, there was this. Um, someone had edited that. You, do you remember the scene where they're showing off their business cards? Yes. Someone did it for. Oh, they re- they replaced all the business cards with like Pokemon cards, and it's that whole thing <laughs> where he's like, "Oh my god, look at the look at the card." And he's like, "Yeah, it's good, isn't it?" It's like, oh, it's such a he's yeah, Christian Bale. Oh, I love, I do love. Really Christian good, Bale. yeah. Have really, you seen? Oh, sorry, go ahead. I've seen like, yeah, I've, I've had, yeah, I've, I've, I've had a quickly thing. I've seen a few movies with him in, and mm. he's grain all. Of them. Have you seen The Machinist? Oh, when he's like super, super thin. skin. No, yeah. but I've seen the seen the pictures. It's, it's a like, pretty good movie. It's wow. quite weird. I, I liked him in Big Short. I haven't seen that. Oh, well, that's the. Um, oh, that's. That's not obviously a vice, but the Big Short. That's Big Short's brilliant. Is that other money laundering? Not money laundering. It's money. It, it's about the um, stock exchange. Yeah, it's about the financial crash of two thousand eight, yes. and it's about the people who were like aware of it, and it, it's just really slick because it's in that time, and it focuses on three different um, characters. You've got Christian Bale and his lot, and then you've got Ryan Gosling, and then his people, and then you've got these two other people who then eventually work with Brad Pitt, and they're all aware of like what's going on. Mm. And then the whole, yeah, the whole movie is basically just like saying how stupid everyone was. And it's, it's, it's great because one of the best, one of the best parts of those movies are when it like, it's, it, it like breaks the fourth wall and stuff. And then it'll go to bits where it's like, oh, this sounds very confusing. So I'll get Margot Robbie in a bubble bath to explain what this means. And then it's like, oh yeah, so basically this means, or, and it does that a couple of times. I it's love like, that sort of thing. Here's Mila Kunis and this other guy playing poker. And yeah. they're going to explain to you what like a suck fund is. And they're like, oh, well, a suck fund. It's just like... It's I very witty, that. very entertaining. Oh, definitely good ensemble cast. Well, one of my favorite things in movies is um, narration. Like, I, I like when a character's talking to the audience. Like um, Wolf of Wall Street. Have you seen that? I, I thought I watched all of it, and I was only halfway through. I was like, oh my god! So I, yeah, I, I cut off very, very long. <laughs> yeah, I, I was not prepared. I was like, oh, I've watched. I thought I watched it all, and it's like an hour and a half. I was like, oh, <laughs> halfway through. I was like, oh, yeah, it's long as fuck. Oh. It is fantastic. What about um, Wanted's a good one. Um, is that the Angelina Jolie? Yeah, yeah, where she curves the bullet. Yeah, it's stupid as fuck. But like, <laughs> I remember seeing that in the whole like the the trailers. Like, I was I think at the time I was probably too young to watch, and it's like curve the bullet. I'm like, even then, I was like, you can't do that. <laughs> well, that's the point. That's the, bull. The, the film in the, <laughs> no in the film he says you only told you can't cover bullets because you know you think you can't or whatever. And it's like in these sort of films are like I think one it was developed from comic book or something but there's a lot of these films where some people find it very hard or it's suspension of disbelief sort of thing where because like me you know my favourite film franchise is Star Wars mm. none of that's fucking possible like mm. most of Star Wars is absolutely ridiculous either camp ridiculous nonsense or sci-fi jargon mumbo jumble that actually mm. doesn't make any sense and actually makes so little sense it's actually someone starts to bleed into or they like use half real words and it fucks but when I watch these sort of films a lot of the time it depends on what the film is trying to convey. Like, when a film's trying to be realistic and then someone falls out of, like, a five-story bin- window and lives completely fine, you're like, okay, this, what is this doing? But when it's a film like... Kind of like Kingsman. Have you seen the... Oh, King- uh, I love him. Mm. See, what is wrong with you? Why do we start this chat? Why do you even have you on? <laughs> I don't agree on anything. That's what this yeah, podcast is about. If, it's only about agreeing with me. Yeah, exactly. Like- if it's just us, like, oh, do you like this? Yes. Oh, me too. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Cool. That's, that's cool. That. <laughs> oh, I've seen this. Mm, yeah, I like it. Mm, yeah, me too. Yeah, with Kingsman, I was just like, 
Oh, God. yeah, no. Was, what what was, some of your... What, like, obviously, you worked at the cinema for quite a while. How, how long did you work at the cinema for? A couple uh, of years? Ten months. Oh. Yeah. Felt like a long time. Um, <laughs> to me, and I wasn't even working there. But... Um, oh, God, yeah. What, do you have any kind of, like, funny either stories about the cinema or just, like, films that everyone was, like, holy shit about, and then you watch and you're like, this is just not good? Oh, man. Uh, let me think quickly. Because, yeah, firstly, working at the cinema, there were when I first started, I missed out on watching Hacksaw Ridge, mm. Split, and Get Out. <laughs> All three of those films. I know, I know. Amazing. I've watched them afterwards. I was like, oh man, I missed them. I'm, but I'm trying to think of, because mostly, yeah, well, not to my own horn, but I think most of the films I've I wanted to watch and I ended up enjoying. And I was like, oh, thank God for that. But then, yeah, it was when, it was just some films you'd sort of be there and then you'd be like, you'd scoff and like, Pfft. This will get nothing real easy. And then everyone will be like, yeah, can I see Girls Trip? I'm like, are you joking? What do you mean? Oh, that is interesting. Because the amount of like, uh, uh, this is going to sound so derogatory, but uh, normies. You know what I mean? Like when you get people like, I love films. And they're like, what's your favorite film? And <laughs> they say something like, I can't even think of an example of a really benign, dull film. Yeah, Fast and Furious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The funny thing is, I will say with Fast and Furious, I, I basically got... Uh, a girl I was dating, um, she's a good friend of mine now. She's been on the podcast, actually. <laughs> Her name's Sophie. Shout out. Um, yeah, shout out to my previous podcast where we spoke about cat being catfished on Plenty of Fish and things like that. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I know. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> it's quite a downloaded episode. It's one of my more popular episodes, weirdly enough. I think people quite like hearing other people's catfish yeah, stories. Yeah, people love that. so strange. It is it's... strange. But she mm. basically, I got her because all women not i don't even have to date them i just have to know a woman and then i will end up somehow getting to watch star wars like reese i got reese's sister into star wars jasmine into star wars that she hadn't watched she like most people have seen one or two but not all of them so Wait, was, what what do you mean like literally star wars phantom menace and attack of the clones or just like oh just one or two of the one films. or two of them oh, like, i was gonna a, say a couple, if, I said a if, they, if they just watch like one and two like and they're like i've never watched this again yeah it's like this uh, is terrible like, yeah, a lot of people feel that way yeah well um it's like i got I got jade into it and jasmine into it um they want to watch it it's not some sort of weird thing but mm. those two so i watched all the films twice within like a year then and then i watched them God. again because i got becky into them which is uh my ex as well yeah um, which is now jasper's best friend so three of them then i got um sophie into them um which Jeez. is four then i got my current oh girlfriend my megan into them which is five so i've watched them in the last how many years has it been Th- right let me think jasmine and jasmine and jade was when i was dating claire so i think in five years i've watched all of the star wars films at least five times oh like yeah i know um, <laughs> so I, I like them a lot and whenever yeah. I, it, it's quite funny when i show show people the star wars films as well because it's like when i did that there is normally a trade-off like with megan at the moment i'm watching because it's 10 films i'm i'm watching 10 films that she chose the 10 yeah because there's the eight episodes and then rogue one and solo well she has nine now in there well yeah um, well i mean I- they're not nine oh, man i'm getting there's eight of them out episodes yeah and there's also Rogue One. Yeah. And then there's also Solo. Mm-hmm. I, oh, yeah. That's that's the only one I haven't seen, Solo. Yeah. Um, so that's 10. And then there's also technically Clone Wars, the animated series movie, which isn't very good. Um, <laughs> and then, then obviously ninth one's coming out this year, which is actually the 11th one. But regardless. Rise of Skywalker. Uh, yeah. Not a great name, but we'll see. But then again, all of the end of the trilogy to start with an R. Revenge of the Sith, Return of the Jedi, Rise of Skywalker. You know, it kind of... Yeah, but, well, is it called The Revenge of the Sith? I is it called the return, the return well, of my, the Jedi, uh, the the rise of Skywalker? Uh, no, it's revenge of the revenge of the Sith and return of the Jedi. Ah, and this, this one is so rise. this one is the rise of Skywalker, isn't it? It's not rise of Skywalker. 
right? Isn't it? I think it's the Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, I think it is. Oh. Called, but then it's the Force Awakens, the Last Jedi, the, the Rise Rogue of One. Where, well, yeah, <laughs> the Rogue One, <laughs> the Rogue One, the crazy Rogue One. Right? Uh. But basically, where I was going with talk, I'm not trying. I think people listen to these podcasts. Um, is the Rise of Skywalker? Um, oh, I think a lot of these people who watch, uh, listen to my podcast, watching it would be pointless. Um, listening to these podcasts, I do bring up Star Wars not as often as I probably would want to, but I seem to somehow. And I just went off on a little tangent about styles i'm not even trying to talk about styles trying to talk about fast and furious i basically got her to watch uh all the styles films and at the time that was when eight of them were out that's when last mm. jedi was not out and we watched it in the cinema together yeah um so at that point rogue one was the newest oh, and um it's my favorite that new rogue one's fucking awesome it's really good <laughs> but i got i got her to watch them and with megan at the moment i'm watching i watched the help easy a crazy stupid love oh um, that's really good crazy stupid they're love. all surprisingly good movies like yeah. most chick flicks are actually good films like oh 10 things i hate about you that wasn't that great but there's a lot of chick flicks like i've seen the bridget jones movies because once oh. i got it's one of these things i get these women to watch star wars which is for me like i hugely love star wars and they show me bridget jones diary the holiday 10 things i hate about you the you, help. you need a well, trailer the help is amazing <laughs> it's like it's yeah. like oh yeah can we watch star wars like yeah as long as we watch this and you're like oh, no. well that's what i've been this is the doing. worst trade in history <laughs> <laughs> it's great <laughs> um but it's like i, I, I do these with um like, and megan at the moment i think i'm film eight or nine or something and then i can actually start showing her films that i love because what she knows about me is that i talk a lot and i love star wars but I haven't really shown her any movies except The Isle of Dogs, and she wasn't really a big fan of that, which upsets me because that film's fucking amazing. But with it's not, Sophie, it's not his best. It's not his best. No, well, it's not my favorite of his. But yeah, it's it's good. I'd I'd say yeah. I'll look back to that um, because I do want to talk about Wes Anderson. Yeah. But with Fast and Furious, I basically watch them all. And the funny thing is, with Fast and Furious is it's quite it's got a lot of similarities to Star Wars on the lack of quality in a lot of them uh-huh. because the episodically the first Fast and Furious the first one the second one are dog shit the second one's even well, the first one's not great the second one is fucking terrible the what's third the second one, one called again Isn't too it? fast too furious <laughs> and then the third one Tokyo Drift I didn't even watch because she said it's so bad you don't need to watch it it's got nothing to do with the other ones then the fourth one which they just called Fast and Furious yeah because it was wasn't it a reboot wasn't it like firstly it was like about racing cars and then it was about heists or something yeah basically and they just changed they're like oh man how are we going to keep this franchise going exactly and Fast is, is The Fast and The Furious because the first is called Fast and Furious and so the fourth one is The Fast and The Furious the fourth one isn't very great, good either but it's okay then the fifth one I think there are eight the fifth one was actually surprisingly enjoyable like surprisingly good and then the sixth seventh and eighth ones are actually really good action films like legitimately if you take away like the the gut the basically the car porn essentially of like, uh, oh, look at this engine oh look at it revving it's like okay I don't care I know everyone else who watches <laughs> these films care but I don't yeah. and then as once the Rock and Jason Statham got in it they constantly take the piss out of the other actors because most of the people like Vin Diesel um, Paul Walker and Oh, what's the guy who plays Tyrese called? I can't remember his name, but the guy who plays Tyrese... Oh, Ludic- is it Ludacris? No, Ludacris is actually good in it. Oh. But, um, but there's a there's a guy... Um, is I can't remember the actor's name, but he's in the second one. He basically replaces Vin Diesel because Vin Diesel's not in the second one because Vin Diesel didn't what? want to do another one because the first one was canned by critics, I think, or he didn't get paid enough. And then he came, what, so he came back? Yeah. <laughs> I know what you mean. Uh, it's ridiculous. I'm back. I'm back now. Because it's cool. Because <laughs> now people care about this and I'm <laughs> running out of money. But he, his acting, the guy who plays Tyrese, is so bad, it's a joke. But then in the later films, they're all basically referencing how Paul Walker, Vin Diesel, and like Vin Diesel's not that tough. Paul Walker's a douche and the other guy's an idiot. And that's got The Rock and Jason Statham and Ludacris basically ripping on them all the time. Makes it 
good because it's like self-referencing almost. Mm. How and they talk about how almost how bad their adventures were in the early films. It, it's like <laughs> it's it's so stupid, but it it works really well. Um, in the last few films, they're not even directed by a guy who does car movies. They're directed by like I think the guy who did the eighth one made some of the Saw films. What would him James Wan? Yes, 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 yes. James really? Wan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh my yeah. God. you know his name. Like, like, I'll show you. Like, it's um, I think he made the seventh. Uh, James Wan. Here we go. Oh uh, yeah, he was the writer of Saw, and he made Fast and Furious Seven. He was the director, and he obviously made the Conjuring One and Two. Um, yeah, Conjuring One's all right. And he made Jigsaw. That was pretty good as well. Anyway, he just seems to have made all of them. Produced. He's, he's just he's produced Insidious, yeah. Lights Out, Annabelle, Saw One to. But all of the Saw films, he's been either a producer or an executive producer. Yeah. He wrote the story of Aquaman and The Nun. Um, wait, Saw Heritage? What? Is that a new one? Oh, for God's sake. No, it's it came out in 2016. What? Which one's that? Was that it's the one short, with the guy from Linkin Park in it? No, that's the eighth one. The uh, seventh one. <laughs> oh, that, wow. No, it's, it's actually a, um, it's a short. It's what? a 2016 short. It's nine minutes long. Oh, wow. What the f- I wonder what happens. Someone's trapped a, in a maze. Well, it's got Amanda in it. It's got 6.1 out of 10 out of 34 reviews. Didn't even know where they came from. But yeah, you mean Insidious, um, Dead Silence, like... Oh, he did, didn't he do... MacGyver? Maga- <laughs> MacGyver? He made the movie MacGyver in 2016. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, crazy. I thought he did, I thought he did something else, which was kind of not... Well, like I'll take his a, repertoire. I'll take a quick look at his director stuff. So he directed Aquaman, MacGyver, The Conjuring 2, Fast and Furious 7, Insidious 2, The Conjuring 1, Insidious 1, Doggy Heaven. Is that what you're thinking of? That's 2008. No. Then Death Sentence, Dead Silence, Saw, Saw the Short, and then Stygian. They're all the ones that he directed. Yeah. Uh, but then he pro- he's produced quite a lot. Yeah, because um, it was him and that, I think his name's I think Lee Wanell, and they did all the Saw movies. Because, yeah, the first Saw... For, you know, I think it's probably. I don't know how well it's aged, to be honest. The first one, I because I've got them all. You can see them up there, including Jigsaw actually. And um, I watched. Have you seen all the Saw movies? Nah. <laughs> well, I mean, how many? How many more do you have to watch? Is, how much of a payout is there from the story? Well, like, you watch the first one, you're like, uh huh, cool. You, you maybe watch the second one, you're like, okay. And then what else are you gonna get? The first four are genuinely brilliant. Like the third and the fourth one. Brilliant. I, I brilliant. The storyline of them. There's twists. There's turns. There's people in crucifixes that spin and their arms pop out, which is horrendous to watch. But Ooh. you know, yeah, it's the worst. But Saw one is I thought. Right, and then I thought Saw Two was amazing, and I thought Saw Three and Four were also amazing, and then Saw Five is one of the worst films I've ever seen. No, Saw Five is crap, and then Saw Six is one of the worst films I've ever seen, and then Saw Seven uh. brings it back to just be crap, <laughs> and oh, then right. Jigsaw is good. It's just like that was unnecessary, but it was enjoyable. Yeah, well, I remember like starting secondary school, and that's when Saw was still sort of kind of relevant. Everyone's like, "Oh my god, I'm like, nah, rubbish." It's just. Even then, I was just like, it's just people just dying for sort of no reason, or it's just you know, like how, how like you know, how can you sort of find entertainment and just like it's, it's like Final Destination. I've never seen any of them, and it's just like you know, because you you see enough of it on the internet, like the of all from my point of view, like the internet sort of still felt kind of a bit like it's not, it's certainly not what it is now. No, like this because yeah. this going back what because um, obviously you're thousand nine, yeah, because you're you're in uni now, and I'm, yeah. I'm a, well, you're you're the same age as Leah, yeah. Yeah. So you're, you're what, are you 20 now? 21. 21, there you go. And um, obviously I'm 25. So we are very similar. Like I was just a bit older than you when uh, the, the internet thing, but I was like, like when you were talking about Saw, I think I was in college and stuff. And I was old enough, 
I wasn't old enough to see them, I think, when they first came so out. So 2009, 2010, I'll say. Yeah, well, Saw 1, just for... Uh, Saw 1 was... I said some 4. So that was one of the... 4, Yes, that... Actually, I was old enough to see that when it came out, because I was 20 years old when that came out. Huh. I just didn't watch it then. I, <laughs> I could have watched it, I just didn't. You were, wait, you, what did you say? You were 20 in 2004? That's what you just said. Oh my God, my maths. 10. There we go. <laughs> Jesus you Christ. You want to be able to see that? I'm, man, I'm It's not going to be a PG. I thought for some reason that 94 plus... 20 made 04 because I'm a, I'm clearly an idiot. There we go. That explains it. That explains why I didn't see the Saw movie. Um, yeah, so I wasn't even old enough to watch Saw until 2008. Yeah. So that, and, and that was, I think, I mean, I probably watched, I was old enough to watch them on DVD and things because obviously you just get someone else to buy them for you. But like, yeah. I think the Saw, I don't know when actually the last Saw films came out because. Probably like at this point three years ago, I want to say. Well, yeah, I think Jigsaw was only like last year. No. Um, Wait, really? Jigsaw was, yeah. I think Jigsaw was early last year. I think it was like February last year. Saw 3 is 2006. Let's find out when Jigsaw came out. Uh, Jigsaw 2017. Oh, wait, 2019. It was two years ago then. Damn. So you are kind of right, yeah. I wonder how long until they make another one. Oh, man. Probably like, they'll wait a few years, probably. God, got 5.8. Jesus Christ. Yeah, and then it'll just be like, oh, he's back. Think, oh, it'd be like a prequel, maybe. They love a prequel, don't they? Or oh, they'll just reboot it. Like that, that Halloween movie last year. Well, apparently that's really good. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen the original. Well, I, don't, I, don't I don't know. Like the trailer just made it look like so uncon... It, it was like, I know enough about Halloween, but I've never seen it. And then watching that trailer, I was just like, eh. Mm. And I, I think I think I remember how the movie goes, and I'm pretty sure I like I guessed mm. what happened for the that newest Halloween. Um, but I don't know. I'm more of a fan of like the sort of thriller horrors that are coming out at the moment where it's like um like it follows and the witch ones where it's like not necessarily like like scary but it's just like it makes you feel uneasy those are the ones where yeah. it's just like oh it, it makes you uncomfortable and you're still like you know because in the witch like nothing oh, before i say um i don't think i'm trying to think nothing really outwardly like scary happens yeah. it well it depends on well, same as it follows I've, I've seen it follows yeah, I mean, that's a brilliant premise for a film. I just thought it wasn't executed as perfectly as it could be. I, I just found there was quite a few moments in that were quite slow because I was like, "This is really cool," but one of the things, one of the guys, uh, I think I watched it in a group of people, mm. and we were saying like, um, one of the issues they had with it was it is scary. Obviously, having something that's always coming for you is scary. I agree, but yeah. it is one of those things where it's like. It's for, this is uh, kind of like, don't say like oh just go to plane well that is essentially what the guys said they were like why don't you just go somewhere else and they're like well walk through water so yeah but the amount of time it takes Look, to walk these are these are like college kids who are like who've got parents and family like how you go oh I'm just, I need to go to a plane why oh something's following me <laughs> like pff. true yeah it yeah. like a 40 year old man yeah alright go for it but it's, these are like college kids and you know they're not like you just, you've got to like live in the world of the movie yeah and you know I'd think if they were like wait a minute why don't we just get a plane ticket and we'll fly somewhere? All right, gang. <laughs> Three months later. Oh, no. Right, let's fly back. Well, that's basically... So like, yeah, I'm out watching that movie. Oh, yeah, I really enjoyed two hours of 25 years of people flying, going to different places. Oh, I was really scared. Oh, remember when they are in the airport? Oh, bloody hell. <laughs> Go through customs and exactly. they walk off a skate. It's like sometimes when you... It, it, although it's kind of... It goes against human nature, but sometimes if you if you try and overthink things, it'll ruin it. Like, have you seen Us? Uh, no, I haven't actually. Oh, okay, but like I, I watched it, and then 
again i was like oh amazing but then i was I, yeah, a couple other people i with they were trying to like because there were some things where you know they were they were presented and it wasn't exactly with like great exposition which was fine like you know it wasn't i didn't want someone to be like oh and now here is the this and this is this because otherwise i'd just be like oh whatever but then yeah there'd just be some things and they'd show them and it, you know but then They'd be like, oh, I wanted to know more about this. I want to know more about that. And it's like, yeah, but that just adds, it, that would just slow things down. Mm. You know, like I couldn't imagine. It, it was like, and it, it just, yeah, it would just slow things down. If you're just like trying to get through this story, you're hitting all the markers. And then, you know, it's like, oh, wait, what's this? It's like, oh, well, let me tell you. It's just like, nah, just, come on, just get on with it. That's a very good point with, uh, with movies because I find. Um, <laughs> I've got two things to say, but one of them's about the best horror people, but we'll leave that for the moment. But like mm-hmm. with um with films, I will say I agree with you because I can't remember what film it was that I thought about this. It was a horror film recently, I think. It might have been Quiet Place or something, but it's basically oh, one of those yeah, films where I haven't seen it. It's I really want to. It yeah, is a really, really good film. It. I mean, Get Out's a fantastic movie, but that's more of a yeah. thriller oh. sort of thing. But that film is so good. Yeah, guys, really. <laughs> I love it. But like with Why should see us? Well, I've heard about yeah because it's made by the same per- it's another Jordan, Jordan Peele. Peele. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's like um, the thing is with a lot of films is what they have to do is not over-explain too much, and that's what because there's a lot of films that have plot holes. Like um, oh my god, there's it's on the tip of my tongue. It's either a series or a film where it's basically I I loved the fact they don't try and explain anything. Well, yeah. you know you get you get certain films. A good example is time travel, right? Any film that even vaguely tries to describe time travel immediately just fucks itself over. Because yeah. the problem is, is that as soon as you try to explain it, it completely falls apart. I feel like Doctor Who does it quite well. Doctor Who, yeah, but that's its main premise. That's like everything about Doctor Who is essentially time travel. But when yeah. it's, you know, it's like, for example, Harry Potter. I assume you've seen all the Harry Potter. Prison Potters. of Azkaban. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, that's really cool. It's not great, is it? Well, well, that's what I mean. Well, it's like, well it's, it's, sorry, it's the, it's the best harry potter arguably other right. than goblet of fire but yeah that that whole time travel thing it's like because they've done it and then so they've just created a base they basically create an infinity loop yeah where they just <laughs> and another problem you get a lot of films which are just like yeah. i mean have you seen the butterfly effect well aston kutcher um yeah. no that's a really good film it's one of my favorites actually i love it really it yeah. looks it looks kind of like a lame mid-noughties film it's not no. rated that well, weirdly, but yeah. it is actually, it's very clever and it's very dark. Like, if you watch the director's cut version, it is very dark. Like, There's a director's cut? Yeah. Like, wow. I've got the director's cut, actually. It's um, it's wow. only, it's just got a different ending. Because the, the normal ending's, like, lame. Like, if you, like, <laughs> literally, um, like, I, I watched, I've only seen the director's cut, and I watched the normal oh, right. edition on YouTube. I watched the non-director's cut ending, and yeah. I was like, what? It's basically just pathetic and unnecessary. It's just like, it's like really happy, almost. Whereas the other one's like, not at all. Uh, um, okay. So it's just, it's one of those things. It's like, oof. but th- there's a lot, the thing is time travel, it kind of depends on what's in it. it. In Harry Potter, it's it's a side thing. And when you have time travel as a side thing, or you're trying uh, to kind well, of introduce it in. Basically the whole third act, right? The ho- well, yeah, but I mean, of like when you think of Harry Potter, you don't think time travel. When you think Doctor Who, you think time travel. Right, okay. That's what I mean, because there's, mm-hmm. there's certain films which they, they just kind of have, like in a movie franchise, there's normally, if there's like eight films or whatever, there's normally one film where time travel happens, and then it just never makes any sense, They because they kind of half under and over explain it, and then you're like, but doesn't that cause a paradox? No, we're just not going to talk about that. We're, doesn't it cause... And there's all this weirdness to it, whereas I think time travel is probably the, the hardest one, because... It, the problem is time traveling is if you go back in time to stop something happening, you would have never gone back in time to stop it happening, so it would happen, and therefore you yeah. go back in time. And that obviously is what makes paradox. Yeah. But I mean, like with I think alien invasions and things like that, you know, or um, 
No, zombie movies. It was zombies. That's what I was thinking of. There's a zombie movie I watched uh, semi-recently, um, which I can't remember what it was, but it was quite... Oh, um, I think it was Girl with All the Gifts. Have you seen oh, that? that one? I, I heard good things about it when it was sort of when it's in its release. Yeah, it's quite twenty eight days latery, so it's it's not like oh. actually it's it's quite like the, there's a first scene with another one shot. My favorite thing. Um, You'd really love Children of Men. <laughs> I love that film. It's got the best one shot in it ever, isn't it? Right near the end. <laughs> it's got fucking love it. Wait, which which one? The one shot when he's walking through the building when he's got the baby and he's just walking and it's just the camera just doesn't now, move. The, 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 when they get attacked in the car, that's much better. Oh, that's a good point, yeah. That film has got so many good one shots. Like, literally, if Again, I watch a- that is... I'm pretty sure that's Alfonso Cuaron who directed Prisoner of Azkaban. Really? <laughs> yeah, it's so strange. That is... Cle- that, I mean, I totally meant and to do that. And he also did Gravity. So, yeah, so it's just like he's done these like... I haven't seen Gravity. ...good films. Well critically acclaimed good films and he did Roma I was going to say Roma the only reason I know about the film is because Billie Eilish there's a song for Roma and I absolutely love her song for Roma and I've uh, never even seen it yeah, he's done quite a few films uh, but yeah it's just randomly like Prisoner of Azkaban he, he was an associate producer on Beautiful by that guy who made The Revenant oh <laughs> so these weird connections what is Beautiful I don't think I've heard of it um, I need to like chuck, then there's the whoa whoa I don't know anything about it what the hell is that I've never even heard of this one. No, nor have I. It's, it's got Javier Bardem. Okay. Yeah, I do love a bit of Javier Bardem. He's a great actor, even though I've only seen him in three films, which is Pirates of the Caribbean 5, um, No Country for Old Men. Oh, God, uh, you didn't watch Pirates of the Caribbean 5, did you? I've seen them all. <laughs> ah, okay, well, I, I liked the the first three, and then the fourth one, I was like, oh. And then when number five came out, obviously I was, wasn't aware of it. And that's just, going back to like um, being at the cinema. I remember, I think it was like the opening day, and this group of four came along and, you know, he's like, oh, like, was, oh, where, where do you want to sit? Showed the thing. It's like, oh, we can sit in the green. It's like, yeah. It's like, why are there so many green? Isn't it supposed to be quite popular? You know, it's the opening day. And in my head, I'm thinking like, yeah, probably because it'd be quite bad. <laughs> but out loud, I'm like, I have no idea. That's, it's very strange, isn't it? They're like, yeah. Walk away. I'm like, oh, you just, poor people. Yeah. And then, yeah, when I saw, I th- I'm pretty sure I saw them once they come out. And went, well, they didn't really look very overjoyed, so. Well, the problem yeah. is the Pirates of the Caribbean movies is... Um, just chuck it. Thanks. Oh, the problem is God. with the uh, Pirates of the Caribbean movies is the first one is is probably probably the best pirate film, if not the only good one I've ever seen. Like, Are there any pirate films? Ooh. Um, I know there's, there's a film called Master and Commander, but that's the, I haven't oh, seen it. Um, and it's like really long. Would you count Captain Phillips as a pirate movie? I haven't seen it, but that's Somalian pirates, isn't it? Like... Technically. technically they are yeah i mean uh, all i know is um i'm the captain now like that meme was everywhere yeah look at me i'm the captain now. yeah yeah is that a good film yeah yeah it's a yeah <laughs> well, <laughs> that's, that's the year of it's a good film but it's not one of my favorites and do you want to spend two and a half hours watching it eh. yeah probably it was it's it feels like on the same vein as like um zero dark 30 like the hurt locker it's like you I know love the hurt locker but quite, it's quite an epic thing. it's you know but then again it's like do you feel like it? Like, what's yeah. it? What do you have any films that have got a lot of rewatch value? Like, I mean, mine was obviously when I was younger. I used to watch Star Wars. Like, I had stars on VHS, and I used to watch Episode Two all the time, and then just skip through all the Padme and Anakin bits. Like, I don't care about their <laughs> love story. They're really shit, boring love story. I just want to watch people fight I hate with laser swords. <laughs> so of course, it's rough, of course, it's it's <laughs> um, strangely, uh, well, I'm, I'll start by saying that probably no one else will gain rewatch value in it but um prisoners I've, i haven't seen that wait is that the one with the series that it's got um it's, 
not Jake Gyllenhaal. It's um, Jake Gyllenhaal's in the movie yeah, with yeah, Hugh yeah, Jackman. Yeah. yeah, is it uh, Prisoners? Because I think I was told to watch. I was told to watch I'd one recommend film. It. I'd recommend it. It's really good. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's got um, Paul Dano. Wait, it's made by Dennis. What's his face? The one made. Yeah, Blade Runner, Arrival. Oh, the new Blade Runner is amazing. I'm well surprised how good that was. But then I really didn't like the original. Yeah, I didn't either. It was Because I really liked the book that's based on. And then yeah. watching that movie, I was like, it's nothing like the book. <laughs> it's not fair. Why don't they talk about sheep and religion like in the book? <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, well, in, sheep the, and religion. in the book, because the, the book's called Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? Oh, and that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, one sort of small, well, I don't know how to describe it. One part of the book is in this future, there's no animals. Yeah. They're all dead. So owning an artificial animal is like a status thing. Right. Like having a car. Like, you know, a sheep is better than a cow and a chicken. It's all a rating system. And it, right. And then at one point in the book, um, what's the name? Is it Rachel? Like the the android who's like really aware like kills Deckard's sheep and he's like oh what do oh. that for <laughs> but it's really good I can't I can't remember all the details but I, it's it's because in um, when I was doing English literature I had to read books and it's like that you could apply socialist theories to mm. so um, I read Time Machine uh, what's it called Brave New World that's it and oh. then um do Android Dream of Electric Sheep? And I, yeah, I realised it's based for Blade Runner. Watch Blade Runner. I was like, oh. <laughs> and then it's like, again, Harrison Ford is an all right role. And it's got that bit at the end where it's like, you know, the monologue, like, oh, like tears lost in the rain. It's like, that's pretty cool. But then there's one bit which really threw me off where it's, it was kind of, what's the word? It was kind of like rapey. Where he <laughs> yeah, like, with him and the girl. And he was like, he makes out with her and she kind of pushes him away a little bit. And you he like slams, this? I like this. Yeah, he like, like, slams her against the wall and stuff. I yeah. remember watching that and being like, this is really not making me comfortable. Yeah, I was like, Ugh. Yeah, I, I remember watching yeah, it because like, I watched that film because I got the, the fucking director just cut that and that's long as hell. And because there's, like, oh, no. there's like five editions of it. And um, I watched <laughs> the director's cut of Blade Runner. I got it on DVD because my dad got it for me. And when I was getting really, really into sci-fi when I was younger, Mm. And my dad's favourite actor, I think, or one of them was Harrison Ford because he loved Indiana Jones. He loved the original Star Wars. So obviously that alone is like, well, yeah, to be fair, he, you know, he's in a lot of other films as well. Um, but, is he? <laughs> well, he goes for is phase, he, I think. Is he really? Like when, Harrison Ford, really? Well, I think he... Was, is it, was it Patriot Game? Is the only one I can think of? Like, where else uh, is Ender's he Ender's Game is in... What's that? Uh, that was a... <laughs> What's that? <laughs> it was like a sci-fi film that kind of flopped a bit, I think. I haven't seen it. <laughs> so I'm I'm doing a bad example of saying what films Harrison Ford may or may not be in. <laughs> I just actually think of that... Have you seen much Family Guy? Yeah, oh, yeah. You know that Family Guy skit? It's one of my favourite sketches of theirs uh, when it says, um, and now, uh, returning to, whenever they do like, the TV shows or the movies, now returning to Harrison Ford uh, um, running down the street, grabbing people, shaking them and saying, oh, I want my family back. And it's just got Harrison Ford running through. So grabbing someone saying, I want my family back. And then just running to someone else and doing it constantly. And it's like, that is basically Harrison Ford. <laughs> it's like him being a smart aleck and then him doing that sort of thing. God. But um, the reason, yeah, I watched Blade Runner and then... I watched it when I was quite young, so obviously this was, let me think what Dad was about. I think I was about 14 or 15 when I watched that. And I remember watching it, and I was like, this is so slow and boring, and fuck all was happening. And then it ended, I was like, good. And I didn't watch it for ages. And then 
the new one came out or was advertised and I was like, well, I do quite like Ryan Gosling. I do actually like Harrison Ford. And I was like... Jared Leto. Well, yeah. And Jared Leto was pretty good in most things. So I was like... And it looked really cool. And I was like, well, you know what? Maybe I'm wrong about Blade Runner. Because yeah. you know you get all these big films and people are like, this is amazing. And then you're watching it. I don't get it. I rewatched it with my brother Justin. Well, you know Justin, obviously. Yeah. Um, Justin and Callum. Because um, we were all going to go see the new one together. And we did. And Justin was like, I remember it being quite good, the original one. And me and Cal were like, we remember it being quite crap. And we watched it in here uh, about a year ago, or two years ago probably now. And I remember we were watching it. And then it got about halfway through. And then we were all like, this is actually quite shit, isn't it? And then you're watching it like, the problem is... is and that, that spurred you on to then watch the second one. Well, the thing is, is somehow. that we then... We would decide to. We, I think we'd already booked the cinema for the following day or something. So we actually... Oh, right, So we were okay. like, oh, let's watch it. And the problem is that I found with it was that it's... Is Dirty Future, which I like when um, what's his face does it. Uh, the guy made District Nine and Elysium and yeah. Zappy. I uh, love love his Blomkamp, right? Neil Blomkamp. Yeah. yeah, I love his directorial style. I love his Dirty Future, yeah. but I found that it was just kind of dull and grim in Blade Runner. And it was like the main character is really unlikable, and then everyone he kind of comes across is kind of boring. The cyborg or the, the synths, or whatever they're called. Um, what are they called? Yeah, I think it's synth. synth or something. Oh, I don't know. And then he's got that yeah weird that rapey scene. Android, I just remember that's how. Yeah, it, I think. It, yeah, it, if they stuck to the book, it'd have been much better. <laughs> the, like the ending for the book is, if I'm rem- if I'm remembering it right, yeah, it's. The good. problem is, I found the ending. It was all this build up, and he's slowly hunting down these the uh, androids. Yeah, but then he beats that. He gets that guy, the main guy who's been fighting the whole time, played by like, Rutger Hauer or whatever. And then it's a really big. It's not even epic because epic makes it sound like it's interesting. They're just them fighting in the rain and just basically fist fighting. And then he's getting absolutely destroyed by the android guy, like really badly beaten. And then I think at one point he's hanging off the edge, and then the android guy just decides to bring him up and then shoots himself, and that ends. And you're like. You're telling me I spent two and a half hours watching Harrison Ford run around in the rain, half rape a girl, and then fighting all these things. <laughs> and it gets to the end of it, of all this fucking build-up. And what happens is he basically loses, and the android just lets him win and kills himself, and that ends. And you're like, I mean, we were watching it like, what the fuck was that? And like, what? And, oh, man. And it was just like, it was so, it plods along. Like, there's a bit where he spent ages with that thing, and he just keeps going, enhance. Oh, zoom in. Zoom in. Enhance. Yeah, it's like why would the ah, cam- why would the t- if the TV could make something zoom in in high high quality, why would it not just auto enhance? Like, why or just or just say like, just if you if you can if he's like looking at the specific bit, just like keep you know fucking doing it instead of going like <laughs> you don't have to do it like you know point and click. It's like okay, just just be like all right, zoom enhance to this specific bit. You can hear me, can't you? <laughs> you're, just, you're just fucking with me. Just like, all right, zoom in enhance. All right, a bit more, a bit more, a bit more, a bit more. <laughs> Oh, I got it now. And I was like, oh, great. Yeah. Well done. There was just so many scenes of him by himself, kind of looking, you know, just there, like thinking, like mulling about, like, mm, I'm Harrison Ford and I'm edgy and no one cares about me and no one likes me. But this one girl kind of does, but she might be an android and I hate them, but oh, I, I don't know. And it's like, oh, come on. There's no, there's no like character depth to him because he's just such a twat. Yeah. He's, he's just, he's really, really unlikable. But so in, in the book, I think what helps with that is like the very first thing is like, like in Blade Runner, do you see his wife? Does he even talk about it? He talks. I think he has a photo of her or something. Yeah, like in in the book, it starts like he wakes up and he like notes that like she's depressed and then she just like plugs herself into this machine and then the machine is basically like this weird fake religion thing. It's all about climbing to the top of a mountain and stuff. Yeah. And like that, that's like a whole big thing of the book, which then there's like nothing in the movie. I, I can't remember the name of the religion, but it's like the whole, that's like a whole huge 
part of the book. And then, you know, again, that's why I much prefer because it, it's it's it. Yeah, you don't feel like oh, you don't feel like oh, this guy's an asshole. <laughs> you know, well, that's <laughs> the thing. Trudging about in the rain all the time because it's not what, yeah. being gruff. Yeah, yeah. Well, the thing <laughs> the thing is, is that mo- movies ruined books for me because what kept happening was. There'd be like a, a movie that would, or a, there'd be a book that come out, and I go, I really want to read that actually. And then I'd either start reading it, or I would read it, and then the movie would come out. And then because the book was so much better, it would just ruin the movie. But I can watch movies a lot quicker than I can read books. Mm. And I, I was actually getting quite annoyed because the amount of people I hear, and I agree with them a lot of the time, where they go, the book was better. It's like I would rather watch a film that's really good than read a really good novel and then watch a shit film, and then it kind of ruined them both. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Which sounds like a really lame excuse, and I sound like such a fucking millennial saying, you know what, I've actually chosen to not read very many books because I've beaten the system. Ha ha. It's, it's not that. No. It's it's because I'm lazy as fuck, and I've got... Well, I'm not lazy, I've just... Reading a book is a big commitment, and I do not have time for that. And that's my argument. And Make I'm time. To it. <laughs> because, like, yeah. Well, again, audio books. Really I'm going to get into Audible at some point, because I've, I listen to so many podcasts, but I'm going to get into Audible solely so I can listen to Star Wars books. Oh. I've got... I was bought four Star Wars books, and I, I'm about halfway through one of them, but I just... I never... What more like, What more info will they give that well, you really want? All of it, mate. I want to fill in all <laughs> the gaps between all the movies. I've, mate, Surely there aren't any gaps. Mate. You don't understand. Oh. There's, mate, there's 10 movies out that stretch only 60 years of the canon timeline, okay? But between episode 3 and episode 4, there's a 22 year gap. Rogue One, mate. Yeah. Sorts out. Completely. And that is about a week. About pretty good hour. week. Yeah, it's a pretty good week, but Rogue One finishes about an hour before New Hope starts. Hey. So, so you've actually got, what, 21 years, 50 weeks, and then Rogue One. So you've got. There's, there's three series. No, there's what? three Come series, on. mate. There's Clone War series, which I've seen all of. There's right. the Rebels series. Rebels is between three and four. All oh, right, and that's and how the rebellion that, that just puts the Rogue One bit then, right? Yeah, that's before. It's set before Rogue One, and some of the characters yeah. in Rogue One, like Saw Gerrera, are in the series, yeah. and he, they're in the Clone Wars. I like the movie. I have no idea what any of them are called. Well, that's what. Well, Saw one of them uh, called Jyn Erso, right? Jyn Erso is the main one. Hey. Uh, Saw Gerrera is Forrest Whitaker's character. Oh, him, yeah. Yeah, where it shows how he got in the suit and how he's the way he is and all that sort of stuff and how he argued with the rebellion. And he, like, I think there's a point where he basically bombs, he, like, sets off a a bomb in a city and it kills loads of innocent people and loads of of empire. And he's like, it's worth it to kill the empire. And that's how him and the rebellion kind of split. And that's why Mon Mothma, which is the woman in white. um, Yeah, yeah. oh, yeah, she's in the original. Yeah, four and five and six. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. So it's like, the thing is... One thing I, I I won't go into detail because I think I've spoken about Star Wars in this podcast before, <laughs> but like I, I don't normally go into much detail about it. But like one of the reasons I love it so much, I mean, I'm wearing Star Wars pajamas now, but I get my next Star Wars tattoo in next month. Um, <laughs> the reason is two pronged sword to why I like it so much. I mean, one of them is the un- wooden lightsaber. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done. <laughs> one of them is it. It's basically it sounds really lame in a sense, but like I've I've kind of self realized it about me. I really really loved Star Wars as a kid. And I used to watch it all the time with my dad. Like he got me into Star Wars. I used to. It, it was always playing on ITV, you know, the, uh, oh, the yeah. six of them. And he was yeah. always watching them. Every Friday, he would be watching them. So I'd always see him watching them, and I'd always watch them with him. And then he would buy me a lot of the Star Wars games, including Lego Star Wars, Force Unleashed, all these sorts of other games. Such a good one. That's I the best it. Lego game. Yeah, but definitely. Lego Star Wars. 100%. Lego Star Wars 2, though. Not the first one. Lego Star Wars 2. Mate, get and the complete saga. No, 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 no. no. Lego Star Wars, just Lego, leave it. 
Leave it alone, mate. It's Lego Star Wars 2. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Leave it alone. You're killing everyone. Um, <laughs> but it's with with those games, you know, I really loved them. And playing, you know, all the Star Wars games and stuff, and I had lightsabers and that sort of thing. And then I was really, really into Star Wars. And then, obviously, Revenge of the Sith came out, and I was really, really into it. And then, you know, that was 2005. And then there wasn't really much Star Wars out. There was the Clone Wars series going on, which I didn't really watch at that point. And there was the animated movie of Clone Wars, which was quite crap. And so I just kind of lost a bit with Star Wars because mm-hmm. there wasn't really any new content apart from the odd book. So I kind of wavered a bit. And then I realized once Dad passed away, and then it was only about a year, I think it was only a year after that, the Force Awakens trailer came out. So, and obviously what's kind of happened, it's two-pronged. There are two reasons I love Star Wars mainly. One of them is because Dad passed away. I have great happy memories with my dad. as part of the reason I got the Star Wars tattoo. Mm. So whenever I see Star Wars, there's that sort of relating to me when I was a kid sort of thing, as well as it's kind of like almost watching them for dad in a set in a moment. Like, you know, okay. when I watched Force Awakens, he never even knew there was going to be any of the Star Wars films. And it's kind of that weird thing that I do think about quite a lot. But also another side of it is Star Wars has a world unlike anyone else, right? So if I, here's the example. With uh, Marvel's great one, right? The cinematic universe, there's 20 movies, right? All interconnected. And there's loads of comics as well. But the comics don't aren't the same timeline. With Marvel, there's about a billion different universes. In fact, there's comic series about the multiverse interconnecting with itself. You know, did you see Spider-Man to the Spider-Verse? No. You should. I, I it's fucking it, amazing. Yeah. Best Spider-Man movie. But like... It's basically saying that there's alternate reality versions of everyone in all the... You know, there's like Deadpools, a billion different Deadpools, and there's like Spider-Man Deadpool, there's Punisher Deadpool, all kind of... You know, and so every every universe is a different iteration of a different person with a slight tweak. And that's how comics keep it fresh, how they've been... Have a billion reiterations of, you know, Spider-Man, Captain America, Batman, Superman, blah. So what they, what they are is a multiverse with all these things that aren't really connected, of just alternate versions of the same thing. Right. Star Wars, there is one version of it, and everything that's added is the same universe. Yeah. So you, if you're really into it like I am, most people aren't into it like I am, but like, you've got to think, I watch a movie, and it's a huge amount of Star Wars. There's loads of characters, lots of stuff happens, things blow up, people die, whatever. Mm. You then read a book, a, a book that isn't even related to the new movies, but it has a character in it, that is a character in those movies, but it doesn't make a big deal about it. It's it's just a it's just a story about twenty odd characters. One of them just happens to be in one of the main movies, but that's with everything. So there's about there's like fifteen comic book series out, and I'm reading. I was reading one which recently finished, which is the Darth Vader comics, and it's right after Darth Vader became Darth Vader in the end of episode three, and so you know he gets burnt on Mustafar and then gets the suit on for the first time. Right. You know. But we, but we see all that, yeah, yeah, don't yeah. We? yeah, yeah, yeah. That's at the end. It's like the last thing you see, more or less. It's yeah. It's at the same time Link, Luke and Leia being born. It's yeah. At the same time Vader gets put in a suit. It's like the the sort of balance. So what, what does the comic do that the the movie doesn't? Then? Well, the comic is straight after the film. So what right. it does is it shows Vader's struggle dealing with him being in the suit and dealing with the Emperor. Basically, he used to, the Emperor was always talking to him like, "You're the chosen one. You can do what you want." Blah blah. blah. As soon as he lost to Obi Wan, he became the Emperor's prisoner. He basically, the, he's his pet. He's on a leash. He can't ever, anything he wants to do now, the Emperor holds his leash. He's he's just the Emperor's dog, essentially. And it's him adjusting to the suit. It's him not trying to fight the Emperor. Like, after Padme died, um, you see him go, no, in the film, and it's terrible. <laughs> no. But after that, there's a, there's a scene where he force pushes Palpatine into a wall in anger. And Palpatine electrocutes him and says, if you, it says, I understand you're in pain, but if you ever do that again, I'll fucking kill you. 
And that, like, from the get-go, he's immediately... And Palpatine is so much more powerful than Vader in so many ways. Vader's always trying to undercut Palpatine throughout the whole of the 20 years up till A New Hope. And that's why when Luke comes into it, it's a bit less of a... Oh, how did he suddenly change? It's like, he's actually kind of been trying to forever. Because he always thought he was the chosen one. He has all the power. He got cocky. Loses to Obi-Wan, who's just meant to be, like, not the best Jedi ever. He's just meant to be a good Jedi. He gets beaten in a sword fight between the guy who's the master of defense, which is, you know, not even the master of attack or anything. And then <laughs> this happens, and then he becomes Palpatine's pet, essentially. He's got his arms and legs cut off. He's stuck in this suit that Palpatine made, which is really susceptible to electricity. So he's when he gets forced, like, electrocuted, forced lightning, he gets... But that's the point. That's why Palpatine made it like that. So, it, you know what I mean? Like, all these layers. And what happens is Vader goes off and, like... Palpatine tries to get this list in one of the comic arcs. I won't go on about stars too much more, don't worry. Uh, (laughs) One of the arcs is basically they're trying to find um, where all the Jedi children are because the Jedi have got records of Force-sensitive children. And when they get to a certain age, they bring them to the Jedi if their parents want them to and then raise them as Jedi. So the Jedi have all these records. And obviously, if Palpatine got that, he'd then be able to have control of all these kids, right? Vader gets this thing and the, one, the Jedi who he gets it off says to him, you do realize that if the Pal- if Palpatine gets this, he's going to find the next big Jedi and he's going to replace you. And so Vader destroys the thing. You know what I mean? He's always undercutting Palpatine all the time. And most people don't care, which is fine. But for me, <laughs> it adds so much depth to the character. You yeah. know? And that's all it is. It's just all these comic book series. You know, there's ones that have come out about obi-wan there's also come out about obi-wan and anakin after episode one but before episode two like all these little gaps there are and a lot of a lot of the time it's plot holes as well let's be honest here there's a lot of like rogue one rogue one is just a giant plot hole filler like the whole film is literally just how did they make a giant space station the size of a moon and have it get blown up by one little pipe and it's well it's a great plot hole filler it's a really good movie but it is literally just well, there's a guy on the inside because it doesn't really make any sense. Like, there is nothing. But surely on- someone could have just thought of that. Like, you know, what, what, like, I mean, yeah, Rogue One, great, yeah, good, good movie. But like, you know, how I can't really understand anyone wanting like a real, real big one. Like, I really need to know the exact thing. Like, oh, oh I can't even not- just be like, oh, it's probably someone on the inside because, like, that's. Because yeah. that's not every, what Star Wars is about. Every story has been like told before, so you can probably just have you can you can make yourself a few assumptions for those sort of things. But yeah, again, I love Rogue One, so I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm happy it came out. But yeah, I you know I can't like, but that that is always I found that's kind of a problem with some things where you know again some things won't be explained, and someone's like, well, I need to know. It's like, well, he probably like just goodness <laughs> sake. Well, well, that's the thing with Star Wars. Come on, there's a guy watching YouTube, uh, and his whole thing. He he loves Star Wars like I do, and he knows way more about it. But he always says like things like you know. Uh, Every background character in every Star Wars movie, including the Cantina, you know, in the, the famous scene in the Dexter. New Hope. Oh, or not? No, he. We had Dexter. Oh, right. Well. But, I no, not, the, the, not the cafe in Attack of the Clones. <laughs> no, the famous uh, Cantina scene in uh, A New Hope. Yeah. You know, you know, you see about probably thirty aliens or so for like one second. Yeah. They've all got their own name and backstory, and in fact, in the book, a certain point of view, which is loads of short stories about each of the characters in uh, A New Hope. It has several storylines about what people in that cantina were doing. You know the band that they're playing, the weird big alien yeah, guys? Did, 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 yeah. yeah. There's like seven members of them. They have a own in-universe autobiography that you... I don't think you can read it, but there's like a whole Wikipedia page about all of the members of this... Um, of the band. There was this whole feud going on in the band between like the... Do you know what I mean? Like every, The whole joke in Star Wars is everything in Star Wars. Everything. 
has got his own has got his own <laughs> detail to it and names and everything. And it's so ridiculous and unnecessary. But that's kind of the funny part of Star Wars, where <laughs> everything you can imagine, uh, there's no. It almost you think there's no. It's good in a way. Wait, that's yeah. what I, that's what I like is that Cause every- it's supplementary. Like you can watch the movies and you can have your own entertainment and like you know all that stuff's there. It it, it doesn't matter if you but you know if you want to you can add yourself to any. Yeah. But it doesn't make a difference. Exactly. Like, it doesn't take yeah. away from it. But that's, that's the problem. That's that. Well, that's what I like. You know, Harry Potter. I love Harry Potter as well. I love Lord of the Rings as well. But Harry Potter is the eight films, which was the seven books. Plus, you've got like, four or five side books. You know, that are kind of like well, in between. Yeah, they're, they're going to make all five of those. Um, Fantastic Beast films. Yeah. yeah, five of them out of a World Book Day book. There's like ninety pages long, you know. And it's like, and the Cursed Child. They're going to make that into a film, no doubt, um, because the stage play costs like a hundred quid per ticket, and you have to go see part one and part two separately. So it's just like, oh, yeah, ridiculous. Um, but it's like all these, you know, Harry Potter, the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. There's only films and books. That's it. But the books are just the films, but extended editions. Lord of the Rings, same thing. There's the films, the extended version of the films. They're making a series soon as well, mm. but. That's all there is. With Star Wars, there is such a huge amount of content. It's literally a joke. Yeah. Like, so, and the thing is, is that everything adds to one big picture. Except, I mean, people are listening who know about canon and legends. Slight little side though. Before Disney took over, everything was like a big contradicting free-for-all. Like there were certain books that contradicted other books, this sort of thing. Disney basically went cut-off point and they said, anything made before this point that isn't the movies is legends. Anything after it is canon. Canon is the basically the, the true storyline. Legends is either it may have happened, but it may not have happened. We may release stuff in the future that contradicts <laughs> this, but for now you can't say for certain. Yeah. And there's a lot of things that get mentioned in canon, like certain planets that that get mentioned, and they align with what the Legends ones are. So people go, okay, those things that we know about them in Legends are true. But there's other things like, at the end of Star Wars, uh, Luke actually, Palpatine clones himself and loads of him, and then turns Luke to the dark side, and then Luke's son turns him back and then kills Palpatine. Well, obviously, that couldn't... That's a book. That, yeah, I know. <laughs> that, that's in Legends, and it's ridiculous, and a lot of people criticise that storyline. How is that, like... Did people like that? Well, that's... So the, someone's like, I'm gonna... Like, someone in... The, imagine that. Someone in their head's like... <laughs> that's really good. Yeah. <laughs> a, crazy. You, you think that's crazy? There's a force-sensitive droid, which doesn't make any sense There's, in Legends. Does not, it not canon. really, like, think... Just come on, just... Well, that's why Disney did it. That's why Disney went... Put some... That's why they did Legends. Force, yeah. They said anything... Because some of it is ridiculous. Like, some of the stuff in Legends is, is like, silly. Like, ridiculous. Because they just let... After the films came out, they let almost anyone write any of their books. So you have some writers who are really good, brilliant writers, like Timothy Zahn. fan Zahn. fiction, yeah. Essentially. So Disney went, nope. And then Disney said, now everything has to be approved by... There's, like, a whole department in Disney, which is literally just to make sure that film... Things released in canon, which is everything after the... Force Awakens, basically. Anything released in canon can't contradict each other. And there's like a whole, there's a guy called Pablo Hidalgo. That's his job, is to literally, he's the head of it, to make sure that when things come in, new stuff, they don't contradict each other because Legends was such a clusterfuck of things that make yeah. any sense. But good anyway, for Pablo. Let's move this out of the way because I've been talking about Star Wars now for a, far too long at you. Yeah. So, bam, you did, you did filming at Best of All. How was that? <laughs> yeah oh man it yeah was, there we go throw that in the deep end it was great yeah I loved it, it was so, a good, how, how very you... good experience and that's the end of the podcast 
Thanks as always for tuning in, guys. Uh, as I said in the intro, um, this is technically part one of the chat, but I'm going to be releasing them as separate episodes due to their subject matter not really being about each other at all. So, you know, this week is about movies, next week's about music, and a bit about Dan's camera work, as you know by the way this episode ended. Um, so, yeah, look out for that one next week. As I said, uh, last week I did a Science But Simple about black holes and scientific terminology, and the week before that I was chatting with my friend who's a podcaster and an author. So, a lot of things to get your teeth into to keep you tidy while you're waiting for uh, the next episode. There's not really much else to add at the moment. Um, I said in the intro I'll talk about Avengers Endgame a little bit um, without any spoilers, just to warn everyone there's not going to be any spoilers at all, so you know, rest easy. Um, I thought Endgame was fantastic. I thought it was a brilliant end to the sort of phase three of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and the whole Thanos Infinity Stones story arc. Um, I thought they handled it very well. I thought the film, even though it was three hours, didn't feel like it dragged at all. The action was great. The comedy was good. The All the characters in it was fantastic. It was wholesome. It didn't feel like it was cheap. You know, everything about it seemed to be exceeded my expectations i'd say uh, and more you know i thought it was just going to be a quite a predictable story of you know a reversing time and doing all this faff but it, it's, it's not the way you think it's going to be so really good movie really really enjoyed it i think anyone should go check it out if you enjoyed infinity war um yeah that's about it really Anyway, guys, I think that's everything for me. So, um, as I usually say at the end, you know, like, follow, subscribe, all that usual jazz. Rate on iTunes if you can. But the biggest thing is to share with people on social media. Um, this podcast has a lot of different guests, a lot of different topics, a lot of different things going on in it. So, you know, sharing it is really great because I don't think that anyone will enjoy every episode of the show. But I find it. I believe that it's going to be quite difficult to find someone who doesn't at least enjoy an episode. So if you're a regular listener and you hear an episode you think someone's going to like, send it their way. Or if you're only just tuning in, maybe this ep- this episode wasn't really exactly what you fancied. Have a little look back through the back catalogue, see if there's anything that specifically does. You know, I've had chats with a guy called Goff, who is a blind film director from Australia. So he's an incredibly in- interesting individual if you want to hear about movies. Or you can just look through everything else and there's loads of other stuff. YouTube, even though barely anyone watches slash listens on YouTube, um, I've set them into playlists on YouTube so you can kind of see which ones are sciencey, which ones are funny, which ones are with other podcasters, you know, that, that general idea. Anyway, that's enough of me rambling late on a Sunday night, so um, I'm going to go now. Thanks as always for listening, guys. I appreciate each and every one of you listening, and I'll talk to you all next week.